Making it in business isn't about spreadsheets, this or that. It's about guts, tenacity, and above all, street smarts. Join Sarah Shaw as she talks with successful entrepreneurs about all the hard-won lessons they've learned on the mean streets of the business world. If you've ever felt stuck, stifled, or even just scared to get out there and make your mark, you'll learn how even the most successful entrepreneurs overcame failure and found the power to move forward. So forget about learning about business in school, because all you need to make it big is a street smart MBA. And here's your host, Sarah Shaw. Hey there, Sarah Shaw here with another episode of Get a Street Smart MBA. And today I am here with Mary Steinbrenner, and she's the general manager of Dunlop Protective Footwear that's manufactured here in the U.S. And Mary has a really strong background in marketing and business development, and she has a track record of solid leadership and successful business planning. She became the general manager for the Dunlop Protective Footwear Company when they were acquired in May of 2016. But she's been a part of the organization since 2000 when she began as a little marketing assistant and grew alongside her team into the current role of general manager. And I'm really excited to talk to you today, Mary, because this is a big company now and I want to hear all about it. So welcome. Great. Thank you very much. So let's just dive on in. And I know you have um, a really interesting story, you know, kind of going from being that marketing assistant to taking over, you know, as general manager. And so I want to hear, hear how you did that. Yeah, great. Thank you. Well, it's, a, it's a fun story. Um, it starts out, you know, as when I started with what was the base company, the Batashoe company back in the year 2000, um, I came in a little bit with my blinders on. I was just looking for a new opportunity and found something with a local company that had a really rich history in our area. Um, and national reach. I didn't realize, though, that the company was pretty close to uh, bankruptcy at the time, and two mm-hmm. months later, it was it was sold. So luckily for me at that time, um, it was sold to a family that was really interested in manufacturing in the USA, and we just really stripped everything from that 1939 company, took out the stability and the consistency that lived in the business, and from that moment forward, everything changed. So we put our roots in making products in the USA, servicing with the best product and and resources available to the limited part of the industry that we served. And we built back, you know, the rich history that people had known as BATA. We became the On Guard Industries Protective Footwear Division. And from there, really just started to grow the business again. So... We did everything from rebranding and rebuilding the manufacturing, moving from um, a building that when it was raining outside, you knew because your desk was wet, into, <laughs> a, into a brand new building that actually had some investment in technology and in a space that no one had ever really invested in, which is PVC protective footwear. So it's not mm-hmm. sexy footwear. It's footwear for you know, mud, water, uh, petrochem but it's really essential for, you know, the doers and the workers of the world today. So right, really they're essentially what people think of as wellies, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. You know, you think of like English, the English people walking around in their rain boots, right? And they call them wellies. And that's exactly they, it. Right. And, and what, one of the things I was seeing, then I want to get, let you go back to your story, but 
one of the things I was seeing on your website when I was investigating you and your story um, is that you guys have very specific and like you service the, you know, agriculture, farmers, people who are, you know, mucking about, right? And the oil, gas, and mining uh, world, right? And it looks like there you've developed boots with, you know, extra thick soles and, you know, bigger tread on them, right? And then just like the food industry, because people who probably work in meat, meat packing, plants or I don't know, places like that, Um, you know, but but sort of the farming, gas, oil, mining, you know, contaminated food areas, right? Um, But then also people just wear them for outdoor leisure as well. Yeah, and that's kind of a new space for us. So in that 19 years, when I first started, we really only serviced the food industry. So, Mm. you know, my first years of learning the business were in slaughterhouses and, you know, pig farms, you know, really not sexy business, but a really great core to learn, you know, how business is done in the U.S. So we took all of that knowledge and transformed it into, you know, how do we get into different segments and how do we then connect with users and build product for, you know, the everyday user. So mm-hmm. over, that ni- over that 19 years, we've really grown and, you know, we've weathered the storm. Ultimately, what's, what's gotten us to what you see today is we've, been acquired four times in the last eight years. Um, wow. So we've, we've had to change our, our brand and our identity, you know, for going from Bata, On Guard, Ansel, to now Dunlop, which is our permanent home. And, mm-hmm. you know, it allows us to, to interact and touch our customers in a much different way than we ever did before. So changing, you know, we haven't left our core customers, which are food processors, but we've taken everything we learned in that space and translated it into the weekend warrior. You know, what do you need if you're going out on your ATV in the woods, you know, to protect your feet? Yeah, of course. And I love that you have <clears throat> all those colorful boots for kids now and that you've moved. It looks really um, sweet. Yeah, it's a, it went from this just, you know, the best protection in the world you could have is a, a block of concrete, which anyone can do. Um, but then, you know, we've really evolved and touched and spent time with the end users saying, what do you need? What do you want? How do we make that for you? How do we make a boot fit better for ladies? How do we make a boot, you know, a mud and water boot for kids? You know, I have a daughter that, you know, when I brought her boots home, you just thought I gave her a, a gold block. You know, she wore them yeah. even when it was a sunny day, <laughs> you know. So then you know you, you've got the right thing. Exactly, so. of course. Um, and so, so tell us a little bit about, your particular job there, right? Because you're general manager. And so what is, you know, how does that differentiate from like the CEO or the, you know, or, or other people in your um, so ul- field? Ultimately, ultimately, we are a part now of an international company. And as the general manager, I'm responsible for the North American division. So the P&L of the company, all the employees in this business unit, yeah, my roots are in marketing, so I love that piece, um, but I'm still mm-hmm. responsible for manufacturing, how we run the machines, how we staff, and ultimately how we build the business moving forward. So setting the goal and the vision for you know, the next five years, where do we want to go from a strategic perspective that fits in and aligns with the global business? Because we are the international leader in PVC and polyurethane protective footwear. Mm. 
And and how so do you manage like you got you were saying that you manufacture everything in the US. Do you manufacture in your own factory like where you work every day or is it in a another we do part of the we country? <laughs> no, it's great. We have um we have three manufacturing sites around the world. We have one in Portugal, one in the Netherlands, and we have ours right here in Havre de Grace, Maryland. So we have 130 employees, full-time employees. Back when I started, we probably had less than 100, so we're continuing to grow. Um, we are making more types of footwear. We make PVC and we make polyurethane. So we have a big team here, um, pretty small if you think about you know, what we really do, but you know, 130 people that every day depend on what we do and doing the right thing to grow in the industry. And ultimately, you know, a big part of my responsibility is making sure that all of my employees also have a viable living and, and are trained and have the opportunity to grow in their roles so that they can contribute to their families and their communities as well. Mm. And, and your factory in the U.S. is in the Maryland area where, where your company is based? It is. It's right. It's just north of Baltimore, so we're in Haverty Grace. Got it. And so, how how did you? What's the difference, you know, in in your overseas factories versus the U.S. factory? Is it just for diversification, or do they do something special over there that we don't do here? Or so they when they purchased us, um, the last acquisition was in 2016 by Dunlop. Um, at that time, we only made PVC footwear here in the U.S. In the other factories. Um, they make PVC and polyurethane. So we have a really beautiful proprietary technology that's called Purifort. And during that acquisition, that was one of the first steps is bringing Purifort manufacturing to the U.S. So that was the first expansion for us, adding new technology into the business, adding new skill sets for our employees. So now we can manufacture in different parts around the world, and we're continuing to grow our footprint globally so that we can service all of our customers better. So the closer we are in a marketplace, we can customize products specifically for that region's needs, and we can also mm. deliver a lot faster. So we don't have to rely on Got bringing it. in products from overseas. Right. So, so <clears throat> from the nether, you said the Netherlands. Yep, the Netherlands and Portugal. Yes. Right, and so from from Europe, right, Portugal, you've got a port right there, <laughs> and then exactly. and you can go all over, right, and then the Netherlands, you can, you know, maybe one you go east, one you go west, um, but those give you better, what you were saying is better deliverability to other countries and other places in the world because you can ship from there. Yeah, and it keeps us close so to our not everything has to come back to the U.S. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. So, so because you, you know, came up from marketing, right, and how does marketing play a role in your company right now, and how do you relate to that in your job, if you still do? I think, yeah, I do. I think for us, us and most companies, it's the backbone of what we do. It's the storyline or the roadmap and ultimately, like, well, now you'd say the GPS, but to our past, our present, and our future. So, you know, it's for us how we speak to our customers and how we speak to our employees because I think we overlook that sometimes that we have to still market to our own team in a way that's similar to the way we market to our customers. And, you know, it's at the center of what we do. Our customers are at the center of what we do, so how we speak to them is so vital. But it's changing at the speed of light. So it's one of the, the places of the business that make me smile every day because it's changing. And 
I'm just a curious person by nature, so I want to see what's next and how do we how do we stimulate people the way that they want to be stimulated or talked to and, and deliver information and data to and get it back from customers. So it's such a vital part of what we do every day. And when you say um it was making me smile while you were talking. Um, <laughs> I love marketing too. So when you say talking to your customers, are you, are you guys mostly direct to, do you sell on your website and talk to online shoppers or do you just really sell wholesale, you know, to other, other retailers? I mean, are those the customers that you're talking about or are you also talking about, you know, engaging with potential online customers? So this is the inaugural groundbreaking year for Delmont Protective Footwear. So this is the first time that we're actually crossing that line into the social media so that we can talk to an end user. Um, we've started to sell online on our own website, but also just building content that is exactly what customers want to see. Because ultimately, our products go with them every day, whether it's a hard day at work or it's a day, you know, four women with your friends and family, you know, we want to be in those spaces and we want to be relevant in that everyday conversation. So the social media play gives us a much bigger opportunity to say, you know, we have a brand new product that it brings comfort anywhere. So you show us where your anywhere is. And it lets us mm. learn a little bit more about the journey in a really intimate way that's just fun. And And so, and then what about, um, like email marketing to do you guys do a lot of email marketing as well? Just, you know, people listening do a lot of email marketing, you know, to keep, keep people interested and keep, you know, stay in people's ear about, you know, what's going on, what's new, what's happening, a yeah. promotion, you know. hundred percent. It's still really important. Um, email is different because you have a direct connection to a person usually and you're contacting them about specific things that they want. It's a channel to give them exactly what they need, get it to them faster, things that are really, really relevant, you know, campaigns, communications. So it's still a really important channel, but what's cool is it's evolving into not being the only channel and the only way to get a hold of a customer. It just becomes a more personal way versus some of the other social media and some of the other omni-channel strategies that we have to bring customers into our network. Hmm. Um, and, and so do you guys, I mean, how, how do you capture people? Is it, you know, you were saying social media is playing a bigger role in the company now. Um, and with email marketing, do you guys run Facebook ads? Do you run Google ads? How, how do you, you know, do you try and get um, press, press for the company, you know, get into, you know, obviously there's going to be the trade magazines that are for more of your gas and oil and farmers and people like that. But as far as just, you know, me and my kids, let's say, because you make the super cute kid boots, which I think I'm going to get for my kids in about a month. <laughs> um, and <laughs> got to show them, but they're super cute <laughs> and really well-priced. And, um, and so do you do Facebook ads and, you know, look into, you know, fashion magazines or, you know, those kinds of outlets for the general public? We sure do. And again, this is, this is so new for us, but it is, mm -hmm. it's, it's so fun. So we've started um, Facebook campaigns, Instagram campaigns, um, you know, media. For me personally, 
um, the work that I've done and, and the things that we've done in this business have been always been very personal to me. And I have an incredible team. We're building just an incredible digital team inside the business. And they came and they said, Mary, we need to do some PR. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, this is just what we do. <laughs> you know, I don't like the camera two inches from my face, but, you know, it really does. It's, it's helped open up, you know, the business has won some nice awards from the state, um, you know, for what we're doing. And by sharing that into local media, into, you know, we have an article in Footwear Insights just about the new products and what we're doing, we capture a whole new audience and we authenticate mm-hmm. the brand in a different way that in the front end is very uncomfortable. But, you know, when you step back, it's extremely rewarding to see what the business has done and the direction we're going. And then to engage with customers on a totally different level with, you know, you know points that are extremely credible milestones for the business that a lot of people can relate to and becomes the success that everyone's built versus just those things that we're doing to navigate and drive the business. Mm-hmm. And, and do you feel, I mean, so are you kind of the face of the company? Like if somebody wanted to interview, I mean, obviously we're talking, and, but if a <laughs> magazine or a TV show wanted to interview somebody at the company about what's going on or talk about, you know, your manufacturing in the U.S., right? And that's, you know, it's so few and far between that companies are doing that, especially a big company like yours, you know, with something that's not like a little pillowcase, right? Yeah. And and so with it, do does new, do newspapers and you know magazines are you the one that they talk to, or do they also talk to the CEO so or other is, people at the company? So generally, from a U.S. perspective, it's me, um, me and my mm-hmm. team. So. You know, it is a, it's a group effort to so where I can, you know, bring the team members into it because it is, it's so important to share that with the team. Um, but also, you know, personally, as a female leading a company, for me, it's, it's very, it's, an, it's inspirational that, you know, I can help drive, you know, the futures of other women leaders and other business leaders in general. So we, we took this, you know, small company and with the help of, the vision of the, the bigger global company and the investors, we really have built something new that it, sharing that message and sharing in a different way really does help um, how we drive the business and then how we communicate that out. Hmm. Interesting. And, and so how, talk a little bit about how you work with your marketing team because I know a lot of listeners, you know, are either starting, you know, do Facebook ads, Maybe some of them work with a Facebook ad manager. Um, you know, how do you come up with how do you how does you, how do you work with your team and come up with ideas? You know, for for marketing. You know, how how um, you know how do you decide what the best Facebook ads are to run? Do you guys do you know some like campaigns? you know, some to get people to sign up, um, you know, do you guys collect emails on your website? Or do you do direct, you know, shop now or a combination of all of those things? And how do you test all of that? So we're doing a combination of all of them. And I think the, one of the biggest changes in this business is because we're doing it in the past where we would have done a little bit here, a little bit there, we didn't have really good ways of measuring. And without measuring, you know, the business was extremely anecdotal. 
and, you know, from the team, like, oh, I think this worked or, you know, this was good, it wasn't good. We were changing that and moving the, the business to, you know, more digital, more fact-based. So now when we run a Facebook campaign, we can get the data behind it and see, well, did it work? How many likes did we really get out of campaign A, B, or C? Does it work better mm-hmm. to target the um, the safety managers in food, or does it work better to, to target the buyers in food? And from that data, we really can sculpt and rebuild the next campaign and the campaign after that. So the team, we had a, we had a great group of interns. So getting you know fresh new ideas straight out of college that really want to show what they learned has been really good for us. Mm, interesting. Um, and so, so you guys work with a team of interns who came from marketing or are social media whizzes <laughs> or people who can help build that part of the team? Yeah, they can build that part of the team. So, you know, my director of marketing is, he is just an, a phenomenal guy. And he thinks, you know, marketing strategy all day long, and he speaks marketing talk all day long to the point where sometimes we're like, okay, enough. You're not selling me something, you know. <laughs> yeah. but it's, Speak English. It's like, yeah. like, you don't have to sell me. I got you. But it's, yeah. it's great because, you know, we're taking the handcuffs off of the entire group to say, hey, what's the next creative thing we can do? And, and no ideas are stupid. You know, sometimes we laugh at them a little more than others, but – you know, mm. it's having that great creative freedom. You know, we're adding to the team with another full-time employee um, in the digital space. And then we, have, we can leverage the global team that's um, located in the Netherlands just to see, you know, what are you doing that works? Because the strategies globally are different. They're completely different and customers react differently. So, you know, just being creative and being fresh and new and testing and validating what works and then changing what you do. Because you may be really excited about a promotion because you and your team built it and it's a swap. So right. yeah, you dust yourself off and you move on to the next one that might be the next really big winner. Yeah. And, and what kind of stores do you guys, you know, sell to? What, you know, where do people find your products besides your website? Yeah. So new for us is um, we're, we'll be partnering with Tractor Supply online, so you'll be able to get our, to get our products from Tractor Supply. You can see us in Ace Hardware. Um, we're starting conversations in mid-states. So those really good Heartland manufacturing partners for us like, that get us into the agriculture and the retail and that just fun recreational space, you know, that's all new for us. So also mm. what's new is, how we communicate with those customers as a distributor partner, but then also how we communicate with the end users. So finding, you know, partners that work really well and, and advocates for the business, you know, it's new, but it's also part of the journey that validates the brand and makes us more and more important to our end user network. Mm. Do you guys go to trade shows? Is that part of we do. how you sell? We do. Yeah, we um, we do different trade shows. So we do um, they're really we've segmented our business into you know four key channels, which would be a digital channel, it's food, industrial, and agriculture and retail. So each have their own set of trade shows. Our next big trade show happens to be in San Diego with um, the National Safety Congress, and we're launching you know the biggest 
new product in our history, you know, the game-changing type of product, which is a, a crossover product that goes from food to agriculture to industry, even into agri and leisure. So it's a great opportunity to show the product and talk to customers face-to-face, you know, see mm-hmm. it, touch it, feel it in a way you can't do digitally. Sure. And so do you go to shows like that yourself? I do. I love it. You'll be there. Yeah. 100%. I love getting out and being with our customers. For me, that breaks down all the barriers. So, you know, I see them. I can hear the message personally. And because we're a manufacturer, we can react very quickly. You know, we have our own lab. We have everything that we need inside the four walls here. And if we don't have it, it's across the ocean you know, to a partner company, and we can quickly make changes that make a really big difference in the industry. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, that's one of the biggest advantages of being part of this organization. Yeah. It's funny. One of the things I talk about a lot with people, with people that I, that are in my consulting program is, and, you know, so many people are, they're afraid of sales, right, talking to buyers, and it can be a little intimidating, you know, if you don't have the tools to to do that or you know if you're shy or anything like that and one of the things that I we t- I, we talk about a lot is just what you were touching on is that when you're at a show right or in front of people I don't care if it's a trade show or a conference or you're just on the phone with with potential buyers you I, and I think this is what you were saying is that once you've listened and talked to lots of buyers and and heard their objections their, you know, things that they love, right, um, questions that they have, then you can, you can obviously reiterate a product quickly, but you can also reiterate your pitch. Like you can realize, right, if somebody, if you're not saying it exactly right and they're not understanding the technology of the boot or how much this is exactly what they're saying, what, what, what they want to hear, but you're not saying it right, you know, or you're not using that, you know, quote unquote keyword or something that is going to trigger for them, oh my God, this is it. You know, right. I have to have it. That being in front of people or just talking to them on the phone or however you're engaging them, it gives you that opportunity to really listen and think about how you're saying it and how it resonates with them. And are you actually saying what you think you're saying, right? And are you explaining exactly. it in a way that makes them want to buy it? Yeah, I think that's so critical, you know, being there, seeing it, feeling it, and being being able to react. Like, you know, things don't, it's no different than when you talk to your kids. Sometimes you say something and, and you can tell from the look on their face that they didn't understand a word you said. So you yeah, change right, quickly. talking and, Chinese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you change quickly and you don't feel badly about it. You just, okay, well, I'm going to say it till they get it. It's no different mm-hmm. in business. So you don't feel bad about it. You change your tactics a little. And so many times feedback that we get, you know, the closer we are to our business and our customers and our employees, it goes across the board, the easier it is to react. So for me, right. the, the biggest moment in my career, game-changing moment was sitting down with a customer that we've done business with for years and years. And he said to me, he's like, Mary, you know, I love you to death. And we're going to continue to do business with you, you know, as long as we're partners, but it's never going to go anywhere. You don't have anything new. You don't have anything exciting. So I don't have anything to talk about. And I mm. left that meeting feeling absolutely terrible. Like he just ripped sure. my heart out, <laughs> you yeah. know, but he was, he was dead on right. 
So we came back and we started a campaign to find out, okay, what are we missing? What, are, what does end users want that we don't have? Between us, competition, how do we build that new product? And we launched what we call DuraPro. And it is the most successful launch we've ever had in our history. So we built all the features that end users said they wanted into a new boot so that we could go out and convert, you know, even some of our old product into new product, competitive product into, into new product, but we were so sure that we had the right product because we spent time with those end users. And I mm. went back to that customer when we launched it, and I was like, so now this is your responsibility because you pissed me off that, you know, yeah. we just, <laughs> like, that we're so there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there. And, uh, but they're, they're the things, they're those moments I think that we need, you know, in our careers, in our lives to, to make the change and not be afraid to make a change, you know, to hear the, sure. the real story and react. Yeah. And it's, and it's great. I mean, you're lucky that you can react. I mean, not, not every company can, you know, sometimes I think you feel, um, you can feel stuck if you have a patented product, right? Because you have right. to live within the patent. Um, and the protection of that, if you're going to mm -hmm. stay there, you know, and I think you could reiterate and repatent if it's patentable. Um, but I think that, you know, and I don't know how that comes into what you guys are doing. I'm sure there's technologies that you have patents on. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that, you know, it's your, your const, I think it's that constant reiteration, right? Because you you essentially make one product in a bunch of different ways. You know, right, and and so you've got you know the different markets, the different technologies, right? Maybe it's you know the the sole is different, or the way it grabs your foot, or the slip resistant part, or you know, there's all these different things that I would imagine go into you know a, a protective boot, right? So I'm mm -hmm. sure some are steel toe and some aren't, <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, right? I mean, you exactly. Look, I'm like, I'm things. like. I'm like, I was sitting here going, wow, I need you on my team already. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk. Um, and so, um, you know, and so trying to listen, you know, to criticism, right? Because some, sometimes I, like I talk to, to people, you know, they're like, I just, you know, I just got raked over the coals, you know, and sometimes, you know, I think, wow, like I've been raked over the coals too, right? I had a patented product. It, nobody had ever seen it before. And, you know, people, people were just like, what is it? How does it work? Like, how, how, what is it? You know, and, and the way they would say it would make you just kind of want to throw up because mm -hmm. it was, it, it, it sounded like they were, you know, just kind of poo-pooing what you have without knowing because they, um, they're scared, right? Sometimes people right. are just scared to take that next step or is it going to work as well as the last one or, you know, well, I got to try it out, you know, and see if the steel toe is just as good as the other one or I don't slip on my whatever, right? You know, the, the mining and oil people, maybe they have to walk on grease or oil spills or things. And, and so that, that getting over that fear, I think is what I'm saying and being able to hear people's complaints, right, or the negativity and not just completely shut your mind to it because I think people, you know, just in general, most, most people, most of us are conditioned to kind of turn off the negativity or start to refute it right away instead of just saying, okay, 
okay, you know, thanks for sharing. And then kind of take it in and suck it up, right? Put your big girl panties on and think about what they actually said and that it might have validity. And that could be your golden secret, right? It could be the, or the golden ticket, right, to your next huge sale. Yeah, and it's, it's doing that, you know, that inventory of your own to see, okay, is it, sometimes it is criticism that is just criticism, but sometimes it, it's hurtful, but it really means something. And when you can adjust or change the way you do something, you know, none of us like to be, you know, criticized or picked apart, but, you know, there, mm-hmm. they are those moments that, you know, nothing changes if you don't change something to begin with. So, right. you know, I think, I think they're very valuable moments, even though sometimes painful. But, you know, I was fortunate enough to have that moment to go back and say, ha-ha, look what we did. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Victory! <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and sometimes, like, what you were saying is most, is often those moments of uncomfortableness is actually what pushes you into your next success because it gets you out of your comfort zone. It would have been just easy for you guys to say, well, this is what we do, you know, and this is what we've been doing since 1904. And, you know, um, and not, and, and have, and letting fear rule, rule the company rather than saying, taking the challenge, right, and moving out of your comfort zone and consistently moving forward. I mean, especially in today's world, I mean, you've got to be reiterating and keeping up with technology and, you know, what's going on with digital marketing and all these different things, you know, I mean, you know, you and I were both in business a long time ago when nobody was working online and people weren't shopping on the internet. And, you know, it was all more about personal connection where you had to actually pick up the phone and talk to people all the time. And now the world is so big and there's so much opportunity and I think sometimes people who are just getting into business now kind of get overwhelmed with the largeness of things. And I, I don't know how you look at it, but I look at it as a really exciting time because you can reach so many people with the push of a button or, you know, with social media advertising or Google ads or whatever people are doing that it makes the world so much smaller, even though there's way more competition than there used to be. It, kind of ups the game, right? I look at a lot of marketing and sales as a game and, you know, how many people can I close? You know, I used to play games Mm -hmm. with myself all the time. (laughs) You know, if I talk to 10 people this week, how many stores am I going to get? And it became sort of a game with myself and trying different things and seeing, you know, throwing a lot of spaghetti against the wall. Like it sounds like you guys are doing with your Facebook ads right now, trying to see which ones bring in the customers that actually buy or talk about you or make connections or, you know, whatever you're trying to do from all of that. And, and then seeing where the, you know, where the bottom line is, right? Cause you got to look at the bottom line and what the ads yeah, are bringing sure. in and how much, how much each customer costs you. And, you know, it starts to get technical after a while. Right. But looking at those, it can be fun. You know, marketing yeah. can be really fun and not just a drag or a challenge that, you know, I think a lot of people look at it that way. Yeah, and it, it's something that it, it is fun. And to your point, it's, you know, there's a whole big world out there that we can touch now in ways that we couldn't. We can't forget, you know, that picking up the phone and is still impactful. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of the things I think some of our, our newer team members are like, yeah, but I can just send a quick email. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's, nice, it's, it's nice when someone calls you and says, hey, what did you think about that? You know, so yeah. it's, 
it's a nice balance and uh, you know it's a it's a fun new space it's challenging every day it changes every day but you know you have to be okay with making fun of yourself a little bit you know have fun with what you do and you know use the data be as data driven and you know financially driven as you can be but you still have to have fun and figure out the new space so that we can for us it's an opportunity to grow in ways that we never have and open markets that we've never you know played in but we have the luxury of you know a global business that has a lot of experience in retail that we can leverage so for us we're very fortunate but it's a whole new ball game and it's a fun time mm-hmm. yeah I agree well Mary it was <laughs> lovely chatting with you and thanks for sharing your story and thank you um, so much yeah can't wait to um, get my kids some boots <laughs> Yeah, and, then, and I will, then, you'll, um, then you'll see our new snow boot really, really soon. Exactly. Yeah, they're super <laughs> cute. Um, and, uh, and we will catch up again soon. So thanks so much for joining us, and I'll see you all on the next episode of Get a Street Smart MBA. Thanks for tuning in to A Street Smart MBA with Sarah Shaw. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes anytime, anywhere. And we'll see you on the next one.